Uh, Romans 10.17 tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The way people hear the Word of God, read the Word of God, is by having it in their own language. And that's something that we take for granted here. Uh, We have had the Word of God in our language for centuries, and we have multiple versions of it. But all throughout the world, there are still entire groups of people that don't have that privilege, that need. And that is why Wycliffe translators have been so faithful and so intentional throughout the years to do exactly that, to take the Word of God, which results in eternal life, and have it available in the heart and original language of every people group on this planet. And it's been our honor to partner with Wycliffe, and especially we do that through the Ots, Andy Ott and Jan Ott. Jan, could you stand with us? Folks, let's welcome our guests. The, uh, the Ots are here to represent Wycliffe and to kick off our Missions Emphasis Month. All through October, we're going to be focusing on uh, evangelism and discipleship throughout the world. And uh, it's such a privilege to have Andy and Jan with us. They have a table set up in the yes. foyer, I believe. Yep. So feel free to stop by that afterwards. You can get some, some good information on Wycliffe. Andy, share with us what God has laid on your heart. Thank well, you, brother. Thank you very much. Yes, I am Andy Ott. I was born and raised in Bolivia, South America. My parents were doing Bible translation when I was born. So, este es mi país. Yes, we uh, born in Bolivia. We served for uh, several years in Peru, South America. I was in aviation in support of Bible translation. Uh, Jan did all kinds of other odd jobs uh, along with raising our kids. And uh, then we moved back here to the States to, uh, to work in recruitment, been in recruitment since 2001. And so, you know, as we talk about give and go, you know, please come talk to me about the opportunities of going. We, uh, and as he mentioned, we have a table set up in the back to uh, consider, the, uh, consider the myriad of ways, not just language roles, but uh, also... Uh, you know, support roles such as IT, finance, teaching, uh, you know, all kinds of opportunities for every one of you. <laughs> We've got somewhere around 1,800 open positions that we need to fill to, to uh, complete the task. Okay, that's just to let you know who we are, but uh, um, it's neat that, uh, that you're spending a month talking about uh, missions. And, and uh, I just wanted to mention, it's, it's kind of neat that in 1966, they designated uh, September 30th as Bible Translation Day. You know, so, sort of kicks off your month here. Um, and you may not have even realized it, but uh, we just had a celebration at the JARS Center of uh, the scriptures that had been dedicated this last year. It was, it's just a wonderful celebration getting to See these things, and there's an opportunity coming up. I'll have a slide a little bit later. Um, you, know, you might want to jot it down, jot down the website that you can experience a scripture celebration online, the one that's uh, done down in Orlando. I will show you that slide in a bit, but I, um, you know, it's just a way to, to be reminded of 
God's at work. And he is getting his good news to the peoples. But I, you know, it's, it's awesome that you all are spending the whole month talking about missions. And, uh, you know, your theme of giving and going. You know, let's, let's be talking. <laughs> there, um, I, I'd love to talk with as many as possible. But fewer, it seems like fewer and fewer churches are, are emphasizing missions, and that's a, a travesty. Because we are in exciting times when, you know, we're coming near to the end, honestly. So anyway, I commend you all, and Pastor Chris, thank you for, for leading your church in this emphasis. Now, I want to start with... I want to start with reading some scripture, and I want you all to just sit back, close your eyes, and just listen. You know, and one of the things I hope that you come away with is the appreciation that God's word is in your language. As Pastor Chris mentioned, you know, we have an incredible, incredible blessing, and we are blessed to be a blessing. So I want to start with reading several passages of Scripture. I want you to, to just think through what is God saying about himself? What is he trying to accomplish? And who he says his people are. And, and by the way, I want, you all to, uh, I want you all to realize that at the very end of, of my presentation, there's going to be a quiz and we have a few, um, few prizes that I think you'll appreciate. So just, uh, you know, just to forewarn you or, or, or ready you to, and you all have places to take notes. But uh, just listen to these scriptures. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Habakkuk 2.14 For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with the awareness of the glory of the Lord. Psalm 67.2-5 May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the peoples of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Psalm 96, 1 through 3. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Matthew twenty four fourteen, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations hear it, and then the end will come. 
Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every nation, every tribe and language and people and nation. Revelation 7, 9 and 10. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language. Standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you get a sense of what God is trying to accomplish? Do you hear who he's trying to reach? Did you hear throughout the world, all nations, everyone, everywhere? You know, that's... That's, you know, God is so magnificent. He is worthy of praise of all peoples. It is a travesty that not all people already are praising him. But that's part of his patience, part of his love. And we need, we need to be part of going and taking this all to the nations. As we talk about missions... You know, that, that term has been thrown around and there's been so many different uh, definitions and so many different usages of the, of the term that we really should make sure that we're understanding, we're going by the same definition. I would like to throw out a definition that a uh, missions professor by the name of Mark Vowles, he defines missions this way. This is Christian missions, of course. Missions is the purposeful transfer of the responsibility for the gospel to those who do not yet bear that responsibility. Now, let's unpack that a little bit. It's, you know, there's a lot there. There's a lot of presuppositions, and so we need to make sure we're all thinking on the same wavelength there. That, of course, it presupposes evangelism because the lost will never take responsibility. We need to, we need to evangelize so that, they, so that they, first of all, understand who God is and, and how much he loves them and he paid the price for them. There's, but there's got to be discipleship. There's got to be discipleship so that they grow in that faith, they, they 
grow in their understanding of who God is, how great he is, how he has provided the power for them to change and then go. There's got to be church planting. There's, there's got to be the gathering of believers to encourage each other, to spur one another on to love and good deeds, to equip the saints, and to, to really take ownership of then evangelizing the people around them. They've got to, they've got to grow up to that point where they're, they're um, challenging their people and going on. And, of course, gospel reproduction. It, it's got to be, we've, the, we don't have a full, a full uh, rendition of this, of this definition until there is that understanding that they've got to take ownership to take it to their people, but also that their understanding of God is so big that they've got to take it as missionaries as well. They've got to take it to other nations. And we'll define the other nations here in a bit. So it, it's interesting that this definition says nothing about location. It doesn't say anything about cross-cultural um, or cross-language cross barrier. Needless to say, it often does. <laughs> but uh, this speaks more to results this definition speaks to you know, that perseverance until there is transformation, until there is a, 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 an ownership and that taking that responsibility on themselves. That's when we know we've finished the work and we can, we can let them run with it. So here we come down to Bible translation. We're all about Bible translation. Bible translation wasn't even mentioned in, the, in that whole scenario. But it is, it is key to all of this. You know, good news is not good news if it's not understood. Yo quiero darles 300 mil intis. Now, was that good news? Did anybody understand any of that? I would think there's bound to be somebody that would catch some of it. What's that? Say it again. Yo quiero darles 300 mil intis. Amen. See, you didn't understand it. That wasn't good news. I, but I, you know, I was offering you 300,000 intis. Now, uh, you know, we'll, we, if you want to know more about that, you'll have to ask me afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, we've got to take the good news um, to these nations. We've got to be the ones to cross the barriers. We've got to be the ones to to go to where they are to take the good news. You know, we have, we have a motivation of love for God, for them, for, uh, you know, for God's glory even. You know, we are motivated by that where they are not yet, you know, they can't even fathom that kind of love yet. 
we, we need to be the ones to, uh, to share this in a way, in a form, in a language and form that they can really understand. And I mentioned not, you know, the language and form, because there are, there are millions that will never learn to read. So there is that need to make sure that there is an oral way uh, of hearing. You know, whether it be in uh, the scriptures, you know, read in, in audio format and, and uh, given to them on a proclaimer or, or you know, these, uh, even MP3 on, a, on cell phones. That's awesome. That it's a great way to distribute the scriptures. But then there's also... Uh, deaf translation. We're realizing that there are 400 different deaf languages in the, around the world. And it, it's awesome that you all support a deaf, uh, somebody in the deaf ministry. You know, great. You know, there, but there are some 700 different deaf communities. And they're some of the, uh, some of the most marginalized because even their families don't really understand them. And so it's, it's, uh, it's critical that we give them the scriptures in a form which will be a video format. They will see it all signed out. They need to hear the good news too. It's... You know, our, our founder, William Cameron Townsend, once said that the greatest missionary is the scriptures translated into the mother tongue because it never gets sick or tired, it never has to go on furlough, and it's never looked at as a foreigner. Scripture in the mother tongue can be readily em- embraced. And scripture in the mother tongue makes discipleship and church planting and church growth, leadership development, it makes that all possible. You know, if you think about it, how can a church grow if they don't have the scriptures in their language? If they're working in another language, they're going to miss some of the stuff. In fact, at uh, one of the scripture dedications uh, that we had for the Quechua uh, in uh, a few years back, the, the Wamalias Quechua, when they received the scriptures, one of the men said, when we just had the Spanish Bible, it was like eating soup with a fork. You could get a taste of it, but now that the scriptures are in Quechua, we can enjoy the full meal. That's, that's the thing. We have had that full meal for 400 years we don't understand how good we have it, but we need to take this to the world. Also, the, the neat thing about Bible translations, it allows the shift from cross-cultural missions, from an expatriate coming in to sharing the gospel. Once it's translated, then people in that culture, that same culture, can do evangelism so much more effectively than a, a cross-cultural missionary can. Same culture evangelists, you know, they can speak fluently. They know all the cultural uh, issues to avoid or to 
speak to, whereas a cross-cultural missionary seldom gets that, uh, that fluency and, that, um, and can avoid, uh, seldom avoid all those traps. So Bible translation really makes it possible for a people movement to Christ. Isaiah 55.11. This speaks to what the, the power of the translated scripture. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. Now I want to show you some stats. We live in some pretty exciting times. These stats here, um, 717 language communities have the entire Bible. That accounts for 5.75 billion people. That's a lot of people. But uh, going on down, 1,582 languages have the complete New Testament and oftentimes Uh, portions of the Old Testament. That's for another 830 million people. And then 1,196 languages with some scripture, some uh, published portions, another 457 million people. So a total of 3,495 languages have some scripture that accounts for seven, a, a little over seven billion out of the 7.9 billion people there are in the world today. So these are exciting times. We've got 89% of the population of the world has access to some scripture. Now, we aren't satisfied with just letting people finish up with just the New Testament. We want everyone to have the whole Bible. We have been privileged with that. We want everyone else to be privileged with that as well. So we are looking at um, 1.5 billion people that are speaking 6,661 languages that still need a full Bible. And we have 145 million people speaking 1,892 languages that still need translation work to begin. So keep those, uh, keep those in your mind, but it's, it's neat to see that we already, we already have 2,217 languages um, with a, a translation program in progress. That accounts for 1.1 billion people. But we're looking at Bible translation and, and uh, our, you know, we're looking at results and we're trying to figure out what, how, um, how should we measure progress and measure it more effectively. One of the things that we're looking at is, are we seeing life impact? Are we seeing transformation? That's key. It's not good enough to just give them a printed Bible. We're also asking, are we seeing 
the, the church take ownership? Are we seeing them want to be a part of the Bible translation task and really uh, speaking into it? And are we seeing churches and communities and organizations partnering together well to make this happen effectively? So now we're looking at, um, you know, last time we were here, we were talking about Vision 2025, to see a Bible translation program in progress for every language still needing one by the year 2025. Now we're looking at completion goals. We're we're seeing things happening. We're not quite uh, seeing uh, us fulfilling 2025, but we're still begging God to do that. Um, but now we're also looking at completion goals. So we're looking at 2033. You know, there have been several organizations that are saying we need to push towards 2033 to be finishing up these translations. And so we think about we need more people. And uh, one of the, the best passages that speaks to uh, sending out laborers is Matthew 9, 37, 38. Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send out more workers into his fields. It's interesting. That word pray is actually... Stronger than our English word. In Greek, it's, it's much more of a beg. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a pleading. It's, it's crying out in desperation. And it's not, Lord, send out workers so I don't have to go. No, it's, it's actually more of, Lord, you've got to send out workers, and, and can I be one of them? I hope that you all will be praying like that for workers. The other thing is the word to send, send out workers, is, is an interesting word. Ekbalo um, in the Greek is, is the same word for casting out demons. It is that, that forcible expelling of, you know, it's, it's sending them out so fast. You know, that's praying towards that urgency. Send them out quickly. And remember, this should be an easy prayer to be praying because you're praying right alongside God. You know, his heart is all in this. He, it's his fields. It's his harvest. It's, and it's his workers that he's calling to get, uh, get involved. We're in agreement with the Almighty. This passage, Matthew uh, 9, 37, and um, Luke 10.2, both say that almost the exact same thing. And uh, many have, have uh, set their alarms to pray at 9.38 or 10.02 um, to remind them to pray, God, send out workers and send them out quickly. You know, there are several songs that are, are great um, mobilization songs. O Zion Haste is a great one. I, you know, it, the first three uh, stanzas really speak to the plight of the lost. But the, the fifth stanza really challenges us. 
Give of thy sons to bear the message glorious. Give of thy wealth to speed them on their way. Pour out thy soul for them in prayer victorious. O Zion, haste to bring a brighter day. That's the kind of thing we need to be doing. And you all are familiar with facing a task unfinished. There's another great song that really speaks to God. Motivate us. There are people that are dying. We want to be a part of this. And another great old hymn that I'm sure you all are familiar with, Trust and Obey. Fourth verse says, But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. And the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. You know, these are all, um, we're, we're talking about uh, really committing ourselves. And one last passage from, from the Word, Revelation twelve eleven. This is a this is an example to follow and a and a legacy to leave behind. And they defeated him, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. You know, that's that's the way we've got to live our lives so that God may be glorified. Well, I want to thank you all for exploring Scripture with me, rediscovering God's heart for the nations, and aligning our hearts with God and His Word.